Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Chels. Here we are, the programme that celebrates three points. I was going to do the um, we've scored a goal, we've scored a goal to start with, because it was kind of funny, but I hear it's been upsetting people. Um, But I'm sure Andy can clue us in on that. But we are happy today, aren't we? Andy, are you happy? Well, I was really happy until I had to wait an hour and ten minutes for Gary Hayes to turn up. Oh, no, why? What, what's happening? Oh, look, he's looking all winsome now. He's doing the kind of, what, what? I just weren't sure if I was allowed to speak what? right now. What, he says? <laughs> what? Hour and ten minutes, Gary, where you been? Well, I didn't land until, what, quarter past four? I wasn't even meant to do this today, but as you couldn't get anyone else to do it, I said to Kerry, I'll do it. <sighs> Kerry, no, it is true. No, it's just we've got no friends. I, I will do it because I was never scheduled to do right. this. He wasn't. And then um, because I was just landing and normally, you know, you record at that time. But then when Kerry said you couldn't get anyone, I thought, well, I'm thinking of these listeners really having just uh, Andy and Kerry to listen to. Where have you been, Gary? Uh, I've, been, I've been to Stockholm, hanging out with my mate Dean. Right. What were you in Stockholm? Oh, I just went to see a band I like. Right, just, just go and play, went to see a band I like. This is your thing now, isn't yeah, it? Just, getting on uh, bands, getting on planes and going to see bands you like. That's your thing. Well, you know. Who was it? I'm loaded. <laughs> not, not as loaded First as Andy. Kit. First aid kit. Were they good? More or great. More, more, load, so. more loaded than you. Yeah, well, uh, most people are at this moment I in time. Highly doubt, highly doubt it. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I... Um, I have this thing about seeing bands in the towns where they're from because I know they put on an extra show and I saw that, you know, they had, a, they had a gig, they announced. I think I think it might be the end of their tour now, their European tour for their album and then they're going to have some time off before they hit the summer circuit. But um, And they were doing Stockholm and I just thought, I wonder if they've got tickets going still and I've got floor tickets. And um, I just went over and I thought, who do I know there? Dino, how you doing, mate? And then Dino and I met up on... Saturday, watched a game in the pub. This and, is Dean um, the Bard, isn't it? And I went it? to watch the band. Dean the Bard. Yes, indeed. He said, um, g- genuinely said to me, mate, it's so glad, I'm so glad I can sit here with you and listen without Andy and Kerry interrupting you. It's like, all I've wanted is an audience did, with did you. you. Did you, <laughs> did you start a fight in the bar with Spurs fans? No, Dino did. He nutted someone. And then um, I ran in and put put my shoe in on him while the guy was down. (laughs) So in other words, you 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 weren't there, Andy. You weren't there. (laughs) Yeah, he's the trouble monster, you know. But um, but so yeah, so you meet up with Chelsea fans in Stockholm. It's fantastic. So it. Oh yeah, and then I've sorry, uh, John messaged me, but then 
Um, yeah, and he was he was laughing, going, oh, I've had to change the password on my account so you can't use it again because you're bad luck. But then obviously you won one nil. Dino is good luck. And then um, I haven't got back to you yet, John. Sorry, mate, because after watching First Aid Kit, I went to the ABBA Museum on Sunday. Right. Can you tell us also what happened at the end of the gig that took you by surprise so much, Gary? Hilarious. Um, so I was just there, minding my own business. Unusual. You know, letting the music rush over me. Can I just ask, before you, tell, before you tell the story, when you watch a gig, are you like when you're at football, do you stand with your arms crossed, completely silent, like as if you're not yeah. enjoying it? No, I, I just stand there and right. watch. You don't, don't sing you along, do, right? you know, don't... No, no, right, not Just all. stand there with it. Like, what, what so I do exactly like is, football, um, because I, Yeah, but I know, you know, you're there to watch the band sing, and I hate when people with a bad voice are singing near me. I'm like, mate, my hearing's not good enough as it is, and all I can hear is you. So I, uh, I yeah, I just keep quiet, and I... I sing without singing right and i just let the music you know is that the like, thing is is the that... bands i listen to are all lyrical bands so i just love listening to the i love listening to the lyrics as they sing them you know and then what's amazing is their their, their most famous song is called emmy lou and um one, the the second line in the song is uh stockholm's cold but i've been told i was born to endure this kind of weather just to, so to hear them sing that in stockholm is like you know that's, that's what i went for i went for that one thing so when you say you sing Amazing. without singing, does that mean you dance without dancing? Is that like you... I dance in my soul. You dance in your soul. I... My soul is dancing. That's a dark It's very place. zen. It's, it's, like, the, it's but, like the sound um... of one hand clapping, Kerry. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, but, it yeah, is. But it's amazing. And so you just sit there and you just... Well, I was stood there and I just, you know, I, I soak it in. I absorb the moment and I... Yeah, you know, and I, I really, really do like them. They're two sisters, and they're pretty incredible, and they write amazing songs. They're very much influenced by you know, Graham Parsons and you know other singers from the sixties and seventies. So they've got that edge to them that I like, and they're really lyrical. And the stuff they sing about, I really relate to. So um, that's what I go to watch. Them they for. Put, they... And I was really, re- I really, really wanted to see them in Stockholm, just because I wanted to see them sing Emmy Lou in Stockholm, and I got to see it with all the other amazing songs hey, they've um... done put records out on my mate's label, Wichita Records. And interestingly, uh, the guy that runs that label, Mark Bowen, is a Leeds fan. So that's quite... Uh, well, he's Leeds and Cardiff. He's actually Welsh Mark, his name is. But, um, yeah, Leeds Leeds was his Premier League side from when he was a kid. So there you go. That's a nice Sounds link. Sounds like a mug. That is a nice well, link. and we follow each other on Twitter. Mm. The band and me. Right. When you so, say you follow um, each other, they, they're, they're, they're digital marketing person, click like. And... They follow, no, they, they, the girls actually use it. They follow 186 people and I'm one right. of them. A bit like Ashley Cole and me. Yeah, but Ashley Cole doesn't speak to you, Has does done. Oh, direct line I've got. Oh, really? Is um, that, is so that anyway, why you ended up going uh, a backstage party with them after the gig? Because you're so matey with them. How yeah, was but it Kerry, to... you, you always say this and I'm, I'm completely against all that. I hate doing stuff like that. I hate, hate having it. fun. Is that your man access. of the people? Hate all that. No, I, don't, I really no because I just want to go and expect. Who wants to like when I spent fifteen, well, nearly twenty years in the press box at Chelsea, and all I wanted to do was be in the Matthew Harding. Hated it. Hate it. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night with, with you, with the fans. <laughs> oh, I want to be in there with the fans. With your up. With yeah, your arms folded, completely silent. <laughs> yeah, but absorbing it and feeling it, you know? I don't need any of this. No, I'm just a kid from the estate. Well, everyone knows why I go into these places. You're out just like Jenny from the block, aren't you? Uh, you know, I'm on the six. <laughs> I'm on the six, right down from the right. Bronx into just, Manhattan. Just straight out of, straight out of eight mile, aren't you? That's, that's you. Mm, I'm not right. that rough. Yeah. I've never lived in a trailer. I'd say four miles. But anyway, what happened at the end of the mile. gig was... Um, yeah, I, I will get to the end of the gig, Kerry. What happened was um, the band was walking off and um, their last song they did was Silver Lining. Really good song. And, and um, it's Hey and then Ho, Silver Lining. That one. <laughs> no, no, My Silver Lining. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah. And, um, and as they're walking off, Abba what? come on. What do you want to... What, do you, and I was like, what, what you is want this? And I was like... It was Dancing Queen. Gary, that's not true. No, the song. 100%. The song. The band video. didn't oh, not come Abba. on. I could have say the band didn't come on. Oh, oh no, 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 no. The, the music over the tannoy, you know, over the PA. And I was like, what? What is this? And, um, and then there were all these like, girls and that. They went nuts. Everyone around me just went crazy. And I was like, why isn't anyone leaving? So um, I just grabbed this couple next to me. I went, what is going on? And he went, heard the fjuta, heard the what? And I went, what is going on? He went, what do you mean? He goes, why are Abba playing? He went, 
oh, we do this after all the shows in Sweden. ABBA play as we leave. Is this Stockholm Ron? Crazy. Stockholm oh, oh, Ron. You know, sorry, yeah, Dino. I, I promised Dino I'd do... Uh, <laughs> I do Stockholm run. I haven't worked on it yet, though. I need to perfect that one. Hurda, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, that's borderline racist, mate. That's uh, terrible. Is it? How can you be racist to that's Swedish awful, people? Awful, mate. Uh, that's uh, xenophobic. Sorry, sorry. That's what I, I, I sorry. Love the, the... Can I just say that is not borderline? It definitely is. It's just terribly, terribly xenophobic. Any any Swedish fan, so their language is a mate. I do love their language because it sounds like German. It doesn't sound like you love their language when you do things like that. I do. You just really took the Michael. Very good. (laughs) And then after that, I decided I'd go to the ABBA Museum the next day. Went there, um, had some fun, and then uh, I went to the Avicii. Museum. Yeah, stood in stood in front yeah, of the exhibits I, I, with his arms folded, yeah, absorbing no, I, it. Just yeah, walked around reading, and then uh, as you get near the end, they're like, "You can be the fifth member of, of right. the band," and they have you know like the holograms they have in the Abba Studio weird thing they've got in East London. No, you know like yeah, the yeah, Abba yeah, show yeah, where you can go yeah. watch the holograms. Right, they have a version of that in the museum, but they have a mic and it's all set up so you can go up and pretend you're singing with them. Um, so I just watched some losers go up and do the dance moves to songs and that, thinking they're in ABBA. And you didn't then, do um, that? No, Cut I didn't it. do that. No. That would call for participation. Like you don't like their music, but... Ab- Abba, Abba among, well, they're amongst the greatest songwriters of all time, Gary. How could you not like their music? Well, I'm not surprised you like it, Andy, but you know, I'm not into that sort of thing, thanks. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't give a toss about ABBA. Shit really? music. Yeah. Are you, okay. are you serious, I, Yeah, Gary? I admire their song. The, the, be, the, be, the best thing about songs, opera is they've got Lily James to be in their movie. They remind me of my teenage years too much. In my right. terrible teenage years. So, you know, I'm still a bit we, we, twisted listen, from that. We haven't got, we haven't got long they, they, enough you know for what, that. They've inspired, they've inspired some good pop culture, though, like Muriel's Wedding. Absolutely incredible movie. That's amazing. But way too cheesy and cornish for my liking. Well, I think you're, getting, you're conflating the culture around them with the actual songs. The actual songs are brilliant. That's that's the point about Abra. The actual songs are brilliant. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take away all the sort of camp and the seventies and the culture around them, you know, and leave just the songs, the songs are amazing. Yeah, it's not into them. Right. Anyway, Anyway, this is going down an Abba wormhole. Too many songs about love. This is an Abba wormhole. So yeah, then I went I went to see the Avicii experience. They call it, which is basically the same people that did the Abba Museum did this Avicii one. Not my music at all either, but I just thought I'd go see it. Crazy story. Um, yeah, well, let's not talk about it now. Because that's, that's going to be far too down. Yes. Because it was very sad ending. It will be. Um, let's talk about Chelsea yes. Leeds. Let's do that. So there we were, waiting for Leeds United with a bated breath that we always have before that game. But it had extra special significance. No goals, no points, no nothing. And we were talking beforehand and all last week about surely he's got to go with a back three. Finally, he's got to let the wing backs off the leash. And of course, then we found out Reese James wasn't fit, but Chilwell was playing. Did you think we would go with a three, Andy, before the game? I genuinely didn't know. I'm not going to lie and say I thought anything. I didn't know anything. I sort of went along with an open mind, really, wondering what he was going to do. I think anybody that said, I thought we'd go with a back three is probably stretching it a little bit because none of us know, really. I did say I was hoping for a back three that I thought that was yeah, the best I mean, way to forward. I hope for it, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know whether whether I thought he would change it for that or not. I, I genuinely didn't know who would play, to be honest. You know, there's such a lack of uh, consistency and identity in this team that it's impossible to call it. But don't you think once... Well, we can talk. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but yeah, a lot of the players that we have suit the back three more than any other format. Now, maybe that can change over time if Potter really wants to go to a four. But don't you think our players are more suited to a back three, Andy? I think modern football is more suited to a back three. I think Premier League football is more suited to a back three. He inherited a back three off a Tuchel and changed it. You know, it's towards the end of the Tuchel reign, things didn't go so well. But up till then, it was pretty good. Um, And and managers before him have worked extremely well with a back three. Uh, You know, Conte won the league with a back three, having changed it from a back four. Uh, Look, I mean, a back three is a good 
solid modern formation because it allows wing backs to become attacking forces and if you've got great wing backs which we have when they're fit um it's a shame not to deploy them um and yeah i guess it's 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 he had a vision for what he wanted to do and he's changed it so credit for him and uh, and it worked but you know I, I go back to what i said i know what he was going to do and i doubt anybody else did either no but well, that's what i'm saying you can only hope what he will do and it does seem as though he threw the dice on it went back to a back three and it worked and gary do you think that this is do you think Potter has to look at himself and start realising, I know he's been hamstrung by injuries, but he's getting a lot of the players back now. Has he got to stop rotating so much? Has he got to try and stick with a formula? Look, we, we can't second guess, but how do you feel about it? Do you think we should find a format, find a shape, find just about the best team we can put out and stick to it? How do you see this all panning out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think... The wing-backs, yeah, he has been hamstrung by hamstrings, right, with um, Rhys James and Ben Chilwell. And now they're back, he's used... Well, I know uh, James didn't play, but um, he hasn't been able to play wing-backs, right? So he's tried different things. But I wish that we had recorded our conversation, Kerry, midweek, because um, I... Yeah, we, we were saying he's got to go to wing-backs. Um, not that... Saturday was particularly tantalising in the, in the way we performed. We could see that when we won the up and they tried to close the game out, the players were edgy. And they, but, you know, that's, that's got to happen when they're in the run they're in, right? But um, we were getting more players forward. We were creating more opportunities. Chilwell was getting in there. And this is what we were always saying about it, is that, um, you know, Chelsea are better when they've got wing-backs because of who we've got in that team. Not because it's wing-backs for wing-backs' sake, but you've got two of the best wing-backs in the Premier League and you're utilising them a bit deeper by playing back four, right? Um, also, what it allows us to do, we, we, you know, we throw back to you know, uh, seven years ago with Conte. It allows players who are struggling or players that aren't necessarily adept enough to play one system to slot into it. Think of David Luiz, right, under Conte. Kept John Terry out of the team. And then, um, look, it's one game in isolation. But Koulibaly didn't look that bad. Um, and granted, it's against Leeds as well, right? So there's, there's more to come before you can actually sort of pin your colours to the mast and say that he could play there long term. But I just think, generally speaking, with the, the players we've got, the talent in this squad, is that I think it's... People talk about it being a defensive system. I think it's an attacking system. Uh, granted, you're not playing as many attackers, but you're still playing Reese James and Ben Chilwell higher up the pitch where they're able to overload and create more space. And then we saw that against... Well, I mean, and, and it Andy, comes down to what, what fullbacks you've got. It depends what fullbacks you've got. If you've got really good fullbacks, if you've got peak Reese James and uh, 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 and peak Ben Chilwell... Then you know, then you then you have got an attacking force because they will get through, they will get forward, they will put crosses in, they will take people on. Um, if you haven't, then you've basically got five at the back, and it, and it is defensive. So you know, it all depends on the personnel, really. Interesting, I think under Conte, the, the player that we probably should highlight is Victor Moses. You know, who got uh, yeah, Victor uh, Moses, uh, well, even Mark yeah, who got turned into a, a wing back. You know, from a from a, a, a an orthodox winger and ended up having a, a league winning season. You know, and, and completely sort of reinventing himself. So you. You're right about the possibilities that three in the back can throw up for, for squads. My, my issue is, I don't know what the identity of this team is yet. And I don't think Potter does either. And that's why we keep seeing this experimentation, this rotation. Injuries have played a part. Integrating new players have played a part. The subs are a little bit, you know, uh, all over the place at the moment. Um, and I don't have a problem with the subs, but, you know, they are slightly baffling at times. But it, it's all a bit of a, a bit of an experiment at the moment. So I'm not sure we can draw any conclusions at the moment as to what his philosophy is. Well, I think what we need... Oh, is the subs. I, is it premature to talk about Yeah, subs? in a minute. We'll or... do it in a minute. But what, what I was going to say is it, we can't discuss the future, can we, at all? I mean, you can't normally anyway, but you can't at the moment because everything is in isolation. Just when you go, oh, well, that's a system he's playing, then he may change the next game. Then he may change the game after that. So we, we've got no... Uh, thread of consistency in any of the selections now again hamstrung haha as we said by injuries all sorts of things coming into play do we think that sometimes he's almost too clever with his thinking that he overthinks it rather than just trying to work out the best possible 11 that he should put out there and try to work with them I mean, what do you think about that Gary he's probably overcomplicating it 
Um, but I think that comes down to a couple of things. One, well, a few things. One, I would say he's still trying to settle in and work out what he's got. Two, he's never been in this environment or position before in his career. So he's probably doing... <coughs> making more changes because it's the safer thing to do because he's trying to find answers, whereas he might not have the confidence in him yet to think, no, look, this is my team, this is what I'm sticking with, and it will come good. Whereas you see managers like Guardiola will do that, where they're like, no, look, I know what it is, I've got the confidence in myself, and I'm Guardiola, and I'm a big personality in this club. So I think that's an aspect of it. He hasn't had um, luck with injuries. There's all these players coming in. So I think there's, I don't think there's one thing. I think you can criticising for you know, the amount of changes. But now, as this is starting, the dust is feeling like it's starting to settle. And that's not become, coming because we've got to win. But I just think that January is you know, getting more and more in the rearview mirror, right? Everything just seems to be settling down a little bit in terms of that squad. You're starting to see who the leaders are, who the starters should be. And there's an element of the manager you know, chopping and changing stuff too much. But I think certain players need to step up a little bit as well and be like, make themselves undroppable so that the, the manager's got to pick them. Um, you know, you, you talk about defenders. We know Thiago Silva, when he's fit, he's starting no matter what, right? There's certain players in the squad that we know just start every game. But then I think there's others on the fringes that really need to step up and like sort of put a marker down and actually do it with him as well. But there's been so much change at Chelsea. That's the thing is that you look at it and you can look at any number of reasons as to what's going on or criticise for certain things. And with the changes, I think it's like 110 changes he's made, right? Since um, he, since he came in, the closest to him is 83. Yeah, That just smacks to me of a manager who's like, I've got an amazing opportunity, but I just don't know what's best for this yet. And Andy, do you think with that back three, when, when you saw Koulibaly in the middle, it seems to take the pressure off him because he's got the speed of Fafana and Badiashil either side of him. How do you feel about those two in particular? And are you happy to see Fafana back? And do you think he looks like he could turn into a very classy player? Uh, Koulibaly certainly looked like he was more uh, up with the pace of the game or more in rhythm with the pace of the game. I thought he wasn't diving in uh, as he had done previously. He was playing a much more measured performance. And I think you're quite right. That's probably to do with the security of having the pace of Fafana and Badia Shiel around him. So I thought Koulibaly had a, a decent game. Badia Shiel has been an absolute revelation since he came. I think he's an absolutely superb player and has quietly gone about his business and, and really really staked a claim as one of the real talents in British defensive football at the moment. Fafana, you know, he's, we, we always know, I thought he was a brilliant player at Leicester. I was really, really excited when he came and obviously then he got an injury, had a couple of dodgy games before that. We all got a little bit, you know, sort of not down about it, but we're a little bit suspicious of what he, what he might turn into. But when he came on as a sub in the last game and when he came, uh, when he started uh, at the weekend, I thought he played really, really well. So I think he's, uh, but you know, I think he's an exceptional player and if he can integrate great alongside Koulibaly and Badashie. I, th I think that's going to be a really fantastic back three. And if he's got a fit Rhys James and a fit Chilwell, you know, supporting him on the flank or supporting them on the flanks, then that's going to be, you know, that's going to be really something. And, and that could be a back five uh, for, for years to come. And we can build a team on that. We can build a whole foundation on that. So that's exciting. Yeah. And I guess you know, Koulibaly will last a certain amount of time. And I reckon he now becomes interchangeable with Thiago Silva. So you only have one old guy in the back five and he's covered by the other two. And I would have thought Thiago steps in every time. Yeah, I mean, listen, Koulibaly, whether Koulibaly stays long-term or not, I don't know. We know Silva signed a one-year contract extension, but look, he's not going to be around long-term either. So there's probably one place up for grabs in, in that back three long-term. Um, but in the meantime, if you've got Koulibaly in certain situations and you've got Silva when he's fit, uh, you know, you're not doing too badly. And I, I think as well, if we're talking defensive, we've got to mention Kepa as well. I think Kepa, since the injury to Mendy and him stepping up to take the number one slot in the goalkeeping uh, jersey, I think it's done extremely well. I think Kepa's actually been a real bright spark this season. I think his keeping generally has been good. I think his distribution's improved beyond measure. I think he's been a real, it's been a real win for us, Kepa. So, you know, credit to him as well. I don't think the, the issues, as we know, are not really with our defence. You know, they're with our ability to score goals. You know, we haven't before, I think before Saturday, we hadn't scored a goal for uh, something like 350 minutes, 396 minutes 
since we scored a goal on Saturday, you know, since Fafana scored. So that's where the issues lie. They're not at the back necessarily. And do you not think, though, that against Leeds, we created more clear-cut opportunities as opposed to half chances? I mean, you think about Havertz on the one-on-one, Chilwell, the Felix, the Felix shot. I mean, any other day that goes flying in the net and you've got a goal of the month, perhaps goal of the season contender because the move was great. And you did see signs of progress in this Leeds game. As much as we got a bit bogged down in the second half and what have you, and we finally got that goal and then it's backs to the wall. Do you not think, Gary, that we saw some signs of progress here, which we've been asking for for ages? Well, progress as we scored... Um, but I, I do think, you know, uh, there's been progress in the, you know, in the weeks leading up to this. Not that it's been big strides forward, but I think there has been progress in that you look at the, um, you know, the, the game against Southampton. We, we should have won that game, really. We should have been, you know, you look at the game against Dortmund, we should have Dortmund's won that game. Dortmund's the one. I think Dortmund's come, the game where you go, that actually yeah. was progress. You know, we should have won that game. Yeah, it's... and. And, and this is what I mean. Is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to call players out or anything because you, we, what we've got to understand here is that the manager's going through his process of this bad rummering. The players are going through it as well. And I just think that you could see with Havertz when he was put through by Sterling, everyone does everything right. It's just that when he gets in closer to the keeper, you see his body close up and he gets tense and he, he, you know the, the keeper makes a save. And I think that... You know, I saw some idiot tweet going, has this guy ever hit a ball with conviction in his life? And I just thought, look... Well, you're not in, well, you're not in Porto. Yeah. But Havertz isn't... You know, I've criticised him on here and, you know, and I can criticise him for certain things in his game, but I'm not going to be on his case. It's just sort of like observing. But to, to come out and be that ridiculous of it, of like, has this guy ever, ever hit a ball with conviction in his life? It's like, look, what they're going through is they're second-guessing what is instinct. Right, and you see it in the second half when Sterling gets into a position, wants an extra touch. They want extra touches, and and look, this isn't. And we are they do this every day in training. They're professionals. They should be great. Yeah, but they, everyone goes through this, no matter who you are, whether you're, you know, um, a politician or someone who works in IT or someone who, you know, just does something every day, but it's been going bad for a little while. You know, you're gonna have those moments where of self doubt, and that's what some of these players are going through, and. That's why I think that everything we do up until that moment where they're about to pull the trigger, I think everything looks all right. Yeah, and, and again, look, granted, this is Leeds, right? We're talking Leeds. I'm not, we, we haven't done this to Liverpool or Man City, right? But then I guess to, to a lesser degree, we did in the, in, the home leg, uh, in the home leg, in the home game against City just after Christmas where the first half we were, we were dominating that game. They came out and did what they did in the second half. But, you know, we just didn't have that killer instinct and the players are guess, second guessing and then just not confident enough and... And that's, that's, that's their problem. But then it comes back to the manager, that his job as the manager is to build that confidence in them. Now, is this a turning point? We'll find out. But I, I don't think it's been as drastic as 390 minutes makes it sound. I don't think it's as drastic as being 10th in the table makes it sound. I don't think we're that far off being that good, but I don't think we're that far off of being crap either. I think we're just in that middle area where we're at a pivot point and we've got a, you know, we've got the bonus of getting this win now. And what annoys me as well is that he was getting criticised because he wasn't winning. Then by hook or by crook, we get a win. Ah, oh, but it weren't good enough, that win. So we're still going to criticise him. It's like, well, what do you want him for? And then I see in the press, uh, Daniel Childs of this parish pulled something up today on Twitter where journalists are praising Ten Hag, even though they've been stuffed 7-0 by Liverpool going... This is a guy who doesn't lose his emotion. He's calm and considered on the touchline. I'm like, if we were, if we lost seven 0 yesterday, everyone would be saying, "Why the hell didn't Potter go on and tear up the players and rip their shirts off and nut them like Dino in Stockholm at the weekend?" Do you know what I mean? No, no, because he can't get away with anything. If he's not passionate enough, it's a problem. If he's quiet, it's a problem. It's like, what do you want from the guy? Just let him do his job. Yeah, I, I think all, all those narratives and all those agendas were, were at play again on Saturday. Look, whether you want the manager to stay or don't stay, the fact of the matter is we won a football match and we should be pleased about it. You know, 
it's the first football match uh, we've won for a long time. We've only won three in 16. Let's celebrate it. It's um, no point sitting there going, it's not good enough. I didn't like the style we played. You know, we were too tentative or whatever it is. You know, the fact is we won and uh, that's why we, we go to football matches and that's why we support our team. You know, we win or lose, up the blues and all that stuff. So, you know, it's important that we remember that. You know, whether you want the manager to stay or whether you think the manager's good enough, I think that's secondary. I, I, I don't know where, where where are we all with that at the moment? Where are you with that, Kerry? Well, does Potter stay or does he go? No, he stays. In your mind. Uh, I, I think he stays. I have no problem with him staying. I think this season is what it is. I really honestly don't believe we can do anything until next year. I think we need... I think he needs time. Look, if it goes completely wrong for the rest of the season then fine, it goes in the summer. But give him this space of the rest of this season. Who wants to come in at this stage of a season anyway? So that should take the pressure off Potter. He can work with the team. We can work through it. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to get Champions League. So start working on the team, get everything set for next year. And I think we have to give him that, t- that time. Then hopefully we see good, good signs of what this side is becoming. We get the other players that we need in the summer and then he moves on in a new way, having learnt so much. I, I think he's learning as much as some of these new players. And it's probably a shock to him. The intensity, the intensity of the scrutiny. He can't ever have imagined it could be like this. And that's that's the problem. That's down to him to find out whether he can deal with it. For me, I can deal with him staying there quite happily. I think that's what, what reckon, we need. Gary? What, to the manager staying or going in your mind? Where are you at with him at the moment? I want him to stay. Long term. And so, yeah, and the reason being is I always think back to AVB, what he was doing. And, and everyone goes, yeah, we won the Champions League. Fine, we won the Champions League. What did we do after it? You know, we, we had to bring Jose back to win a title. But, and it was just, you know, AVB and people say, oh, but AVB went off and he did the stuff at Spurs and didn't quite work. And yeah, that's Spurs, right? And then his, his career sort of spiraled. But I liked what he was trying to do. Yeah, you know, and I know that the casualties of that were Drogba, Lampard, and Terry. Yeah, you know, and, and there were some big people getting. Yeah, there were some people suffering, but then, like we always say, I support Chelsea. I don't support John Terry. I don't support, even though I adore Frank Lampard. I don't support Frank Lampard. You know, he, he's got sacked as manager years later, and I'm still supporting Chelsea, right? And I look back to AVB and I think, what if, what if we might not have had 2012. But what might have happened? That's not me saying I, you know, um, I lament the fact that he was sacked over winning the Champions League. Of course I don't. It's a great moment. But I look and I feel, I wonder where he'd be now, actually. Just, just sort of like that sliding doors moment, right? And I look at Potter now, is that he's going through what, what he's going through. But I, I do really believe that even if Tuchel was in charge, maybe it wouldn't be have got to the depth that he's got now because he's more settled and the players were more used to him and stuff. But we weren't great under Tuchel this time last year and we put it all down to sanctions. But then you look back and you think, mm-hmm. maybe there was a little bit more at play as well because certain players weren't happy with him. And I know Werner was one of them and you know the way he's spoken, I, I empathise with him or sympathise with him, whatever the term you want to use. But um, at the same time, you know, you look at it, well, he wasn't pulling up trees either. He wasn't doing incredible things where you could see it. And Chelsea have lacked identity for a while because it's skipped from one manager to another, to another, to another. Now it's just like, look, we've made this commitment to this guy. You know, let's just calm down a little bit. You know, to put, it's probably a bit of a loose, crappy analogy, right? But, you know, we redeveloping Stamford, we're going to redevelop Stamford Bridge at some point, right? And we're talking about it now and it's going to take him seven years. I don't want this to take seven years with the team. But the day they knock Stanford Bridge down, they're going to be complaining to the builders that the new shed end isn't up and that it's not taking shape. And it's because it's take when they knock that stadium down, the estimate is it's going to take them a year to knock it down and get rid of the rubble. So, so to put it into perspective of a team, what you think is just going to click together like that. And we've got all these changes, no owners, new manager, everything, new ideas. I just want us to stick this out for a little while. I'll take the pain of bad results and scraping wins against Leeds if it means that two or three years' time, we're top of the table again and we're winning things. People are, you've got a lack of ambition because, you know, we're crap at the moment. Yeah, but it's not a lack of, it's not through a lack of ambition. Well, you've got a lack of foresight. Yeah, well, look. You know, Chelsea can't roll from problem to problem to problem and think that we can just buy our way out of stuff because 
we just spent 600 million. We haven't bought a way out of it yet. Yeah. Well, well Andy, what are your views on, on Potter? In your mind, before we go to the commercial break, what are your final thoughts? Should Potter stay? Are you happy? Where are you in your mind? Three wins out of 16 isn't good enough. One goal in 396 minutes before Saturday isn't good enough. Um, the lack of identity isn't good enough. He's had issues. He's had problems. I think I'm at the point where I don't think it serves any purpose to sack him now. Um, I, I think we should stick with him until the end of the season and review it. I don't think he's our long-term manager. I genuinely don't. I don't think that he has. I don't think he has the elite mentality or relentless winning mentality that a club like Chelsea Football Clubs needs. I think he's a good strategic coach. I'm not sure managing at this level is where his strength lies. I think he's probably a really good manager at a slightly lower level. And I think that his lack of charisma, his lack of his his lack of being able to communicate his message to the players seems to be evident to me. Um, but, you know, if he goes on a run, you know, now and puts together 10 wins in a row, then I'll, I'll, I'll review it. And I'll, I'll, and if I see progress on the pitch and I see us starting to play with patterns of play that make sense, that are coherent, that seem to have some strategic point behind them, uh, where I see players looking like they're enjoying football and playing with a bit of joy and a bit of passion, then, then I'll review it. But at the moment, I'm a fair fairly low point with him but I'm not booing him and I'm not calling for his head and I'm not saying we should sack him in the morning I'm just saying that my instinct tells me my gut tells me this is not our long-term manager well on that little bombshell we are going to go to the commercial break and we'll be back in a minute this episode is brought to you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay, moving on. There's something else. The story came out today. Uh, Zhao Felix has said he loves being here. He really enjoys it in the Premiership. He would love to extend his stay. Do we move heaven and earth to get him in the summer? Gary, what do you think? Well, not heaven and earth, a bit but try to sign him. And yeah. a little bit of earth. We said it a couple of weeks ago. If we sign him, there's going to be a big casualty. Who would that casualty be? Will it be Havertz? Will it be Mount? Will it be someone else? Um, you can't have him in the team with the amount... Of, we know we've got to shift attackers anyway. Pulisic, Ziyech being top of that list, right? Um, and then if you think... He's, let's say sticks were wing-backs and there's, there's only three attackers. There's going, to be casu- there's going to be a big casualty, right? But then that's life at a Premier League club. I wouldn't sacrifice Mason Mount for him if it was that. Would I sac- sacrifice Kai Havertz for him? Yeah. Um... But move heaven and earth to sign him? No, but sign him if you can. Yeah, and definitely. Andy, what do you think about Zhao Felix? I've been very, very impressed with Zhao Felix. I think he's a really classy, uh, thoughtful player that I think in the right system, with the right runners off him, with the right players around him, could be a very, very influential player in the Premier League and a talismanic player for us. And we've missed that. We've missed that talismanic creative player. I think he could be that player. But I think Gary's right. I think Mason Mount could be that player as well. He just hasn't been recently. And he's obviously distracted by either negotiations or by a lack of form or by what he perceives as criticism. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Mason Mount, but Mason Mount is half the player he was a year, two years ago. So he needs to, to, you know, to, to rediscover that and um, either sign his contract or not. Um, Kai Havertz, you know my views on Kai Havertz. I love Kai Havertz. I think he's a brilliant player who's been played out of position, criminally been played out of position since we bought 
bought him. I, I think there's still probably room for Kai Havertz in this team. Gary's right, though. You can't just have a situation where you have a stockpile of attacking players and pull them out of um, suspended animation when you want to use them. And, you know, they've got, they need game time. They need to play together. You can't just do that. So I think Gary's right. There will be casualties. Be interesting to see what they are. And uh, just on your, just quickly, I'm not dwelling on this. With Kai Havertz, next season, if we keep him, where do you play him and how? who do you play him with? How do you see it, Andy? Because you are the man for Havertz. I think if you buy Osman or you buy or, or, or Nkunku comes through and they play more in the striker's role, in a finishing role, because he's not a finisher. That's the thing. He's, he's just not. We saw that on Saturday. Um, you play him deeper. You play him behind the striker, you know, and you play Jao Felix, Jao Felix with him. And I think that those two behind a striker that can score with two really good wing-backs and a, probably a holding midfield player, I think that's a, I think that's a really superb lineup. So you would, you would think Mason Mount is the one to move out of the way? Hey, looking like it, it's looking like it, it, looking like it at the moment. I, I, look, I, I've got a feeling Mason Mount's off. I've got a feeling that he wants 300 grand a week and he'll go to Liverpool. I mean, I've been saying this yeah, to Kerry. I've got, there's, two, there's a lot there's, of noise look, around There's it. people that are better informed yeah. than me. Yeah, there's too much noise. And is it a John Terry Man City situation or is he just like seeing all the changes going on? He's thinking, hmm, I think it's time to, I think, I think it's time to have that, yeah, this time isn't, to have that conversation. Yeah, this isn't my club anymore. He's probably thinking, I, I, I'm get, I don't know, but I'm just guessing, right? But what I would like to see is I'm not against Havertz staying, right? Because, again, like I'm saying with Potter, you know, I want to see if he can see this through. And Havertz has been ruined by Chelsea to a lesser degree, right? So let's see if he can be moved back and see it through for one more season, say. But I wouldn't want to sacrifice Mason Mount for it. But what I would see, what I would like to see is our attackers next season being uh, two on the left, two on the right. So you keep Sterling and um, uh, Felix. And then you have uh, Havertz and uh, Mudrick. I think Madueke looks a bit too raw. Maybe let him go on loan for a year, right? Then you get a striker in the middle. The talk now is Tammy Abraham, which I'm not against. I'm not, I'm not for. Um, buyback clause of 70 oh, no million. No chance. Not against not, That's not terrible, against that. Gary. Why, why would we do okay. that? He's not, even, he's not tearing up trees in Roma. Oh, crap. He's, he's scoring not, goals. He's, scoring he's not goals scoring that many goals. He's not... He's not. Yeah, he's scoring more he's, goals he's than the striker well, we've got. We need to find a striker. That's not saying anything. He's not seventy million pounds scoring goals. Okay, but that, that's in that's Serie A, which is that, not a difficult league to score that, to score goals in. But 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 it's, yeah, but Serie A traditionally doesn't have strikers that are scoring bags and bags of goals, right? But I, I think Tammy Abraham and what what he did when he was at Chelsea, he scored a decent amount of goals. Okay, and he, he's probably our best striker since Diego Costa, which again is saying something. Sure. Um, but, you know, this season he's made 19 starts and he's scored six goals. Okay, so it's not the best. <laughs> but he's... No, no, but... Okay, no, because I'm looking at it now and I'm, but I'm, I'm thinking about what he's been doing. Roma have been, Roma have been very the average. As well, They've right? only won half their games this season. But, but regardless, I, I'm not adverse to the idea of Abraham coming because I just think about the way Mourinho plays and Serie A and, uh, you know, their, their top scorer is Dybala with eight goals, right? So it's not as if Abraham's way below any big scorers. But I think the chances Chelsea create and knowing the way Tammy plays and the way he played under Lampard, there's, there's goals in this team for him. But anyway, regardless, a bit before that, I'd prefer Harry Kane, but I know that's dreaming. But then I, I would like to see Mount stay and play deeper alongside <coughs> Enzo. I keep talking about this. I would love to see him in that role. And then that's how you factor these players in because then you let Pulisic go, you let Zia go, um, and then you st start getting a bit more balance. I'd let Kovacic go. Um... I'd keep Gallagher in. But but then you see what I mean? You're starting to get a balance across the squad and you're starting to fit players into better roles. Because I think we talk about Havertz being played out of position. I do genuinely feel that Mount is still played out of position because we're expecting him to be this explosive, really super duper quick, press the O button 10 times who does five step overs type of player. And it's, that's not him. Mount is very much, um, you know, he, what would you call him? A facilitator. Like, he's not as flashy. Yeah, yeah. He's not as yeah, and he, but he reads the game he's so an well, and he, he creates tempo in games. Um, yeah, exactly. He's an eight, and and Mudrick is a um, a seven or yeah. an eleven, same as Sterling, and and you know, Felix is a ten. But obviously, you're playing him as an inside forward because the system and dictates is a 10. he can't be a ten. Yeah, so I just think that there's room for manipulation in this squad, and I would 
keep Mount but drop him back. And when Mount's played there, he's done. He's done and, well. And what about really what about well. when so, fit Kante comes back? Or what about if we buy Declan Rice or Caicedo in in the summer? But unfortunately, we're not going to sign Declan Rice, are we? Uh, why but, not? Um, because you've got £110 million worth of Enzo Fernandez in there with Kante. Doesn't mean we're not going to sign him. Yeah, but then in that case, we're not going to sell any players and we'll just keep, we'll sign Felix and keep all these other players uh, in attack. I'm they, just saying, I'm just saying to, you don't know that we're not going to sign him. That's uh, all I'm saying. Yeah. We're not going to sign Declan Rice. The moment we signed Fernandez, mm, that was yeah. Rice Well, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, because they're, 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 com- they're committing to Kante. And the thing is, is that Enzo, we know Kante can't play all those games anyway. So what I think you'd be able to do then is you'd have four players in that central area, Mount and Gallagher, with Enzo and Kante, so you could rotate them. Um, where obviously you'd be rotating Gallagher and Mount and Kante and Enzo, or you'd maybe drop Mount to play Enzo and Kante, right? Um, but you wouldn't play Gallagher and Mount together, for instance. But I just think there's there's room to manipulate this yeah, squad. But when a you say rotating, bear in mind, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when you say rotating, we're not going to have any European football next year by any chance. We're only going to be playing one game a week. How are we going to rotate? That's a very That's good point. Very good point. Uh, something I'm, I'm thinking. No, it is a very good point. I'm considering as if it's now. Um, but, I, I, but I do think the next season rotation like that wouldn't be a bad thing anyway. But then you don't get um, you don't get any get, consistency. You don't get no, you, you know you, those classic yeah, Chelsea midfields of, you, of, of, you know of, of Makaleli, Balak, and Essien and Lampard and you know those they, they just played every game together. They became a unit. How are you going to get? Sorry, I'm playing devil's advocate, but how can you? No, no, I, I, I think it's a valid point. I f- but I, I do think that Kante hasn't played for, what, no, nine months he now? Hasn't. We saw and he won't him, play every game, you're right. We saw him yeah. against Spurs. And that's what I'm saying. So you, you'd maybe see him as a player to come in and support Enzo more. Hey, look. Um, look. You know, there's still going to be 45 games next season, right? Yeah, well, look, we do need to march on because Andy has appointments elsewhere. So we do need to get quickly on to the games coming up this week because we've got Borussia Dortmund... Then we've got Leicester away. Andy, your thoughts for Borussia Dortmund. How do you see this panning out? How big a game is this? Is it going to be one of those potentially great European nights at the bridge? Well, it's potentially a great European night at the bridge under the lights. It's going to be freezing cold. Everybody's going to be wrapped up. Um, you know, I'm hoping that the crowd... I thought the crowd on Saturday was pretty good, actually. I thought against Leeds there was a, a, a little bit of atmosphere. There was a bit of gallows humour in there. It was, you know, there was there was some support. I thought it, w- it, it was pretty good. And if we can bring that into, you know, a game under the lights, you know, where this is massive for us. If we can win this game, I think it changes the whole emotion around this team and around this fan base. I think, I think it's a, a huge game uh, it could be a massive damp squid they could score early have a 2-0 advantage score another one the, and 3-0 and then you know the whole thing just sort of fizzles out and, and we're out but if we can stay in the game get a goal back and you know and, and, and then nick another one if we can actually put away some of these chances then who knows it could be one of the great nights it could be Napoli all over again yeah I'm going to be confident about this I think we're going to go out there and I think those players know this is the this is their last shot at the Champions League for quite some time you know for at least a year we're not getting in it next year unless we win it you know so it's um you know we're not going to uh you know to have that level of football next year so if they want it this is the time to deliver it's the time to step up and i hope that's the team talk from graham potter is if you want to play champions league football if you want this because you're not going to be playing it for another year if you go out go out there and 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 earn it and 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 grab it by the grab it by the ears i'm going to say we're going to we're going to nick it i think it's going to be uh two nil to us okay gary over to you. Quick thoughts on Dortmund. Yeah, it's a real character test for these players because th- more so than Leeds, because this is going to be the one of look. This is the when the character tests were laid down for the, the the golden era. They always turned up. They always did it. Whether it was Napoli, whether it was Barcelona. You think Barcelona, two thousand and five. You know, two one down for the first. They come out, blast them apart. Three one up at half time. You know, they always came together in those moments, and that was they, they were the defining moments. Which I think we look back at those those pivotal moments in that Chelsea history, right? And we talk about those games because they that was the character test and they stepped up and did it. So it's a character test this week against Dortmund. Have they got it? Has the manager got it? Um, and have the players got it? Are they going to come out and play really passive football? Are they going to be in their face, get the crowd going and bounce on the back of Leeds? I, you know, when we played them in Germany, we should have... We played them off the park. We should have won that game. The, the tie should be over. Are they going to go out and have that confidence and do it? Um, 
and I'd look at Dortmund and I was looking at their results. I know they've got good players, but they, they're like us. They don't score tons and tons of goals. They're winning games 2-1 or 1-0. I know they, they beat Hertha 4-1 after, on the back of beating us, but um, they're not particularly prolific. I'll say that. They end up scoring five now, right? But they're not a massive, massive threat. We've got to stick with the wing backs and just really go at them. And the prediction is? 3-0. Okay. Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, the best times for Potter have been in the Champions League you think Milan you think um, you know the first leg against Dortmund if we can I think we'll create a lot of chances tomorrow it's all about conversion so I'm hoping that's it if not I'll have to use a tactic I used against Leeds and I told everyone in the ground I was going to do it I went for a lucky wee and as I went down as I was having a wee I hear the cheer we score I go back mobbed Everyone says, if we need another, we'll buy you a pint, we'll get you this, we'll get you that. So don't worry, I am on the team side tomorrow if we need it. But I don't think we will. I think we're going to win 2-0. That's my prediction. Right, and then at the end of the week, it's a local derby for me. Uh, It's Leicester away. Andy, how do you see that one panning out? Quick thought, and Brendan Rodgers, of course, is under the cosh. Uh, No, I'm not. Couldn't get tickets. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's under the cosh a little bit. Um, you know, that's for a funny old team. They've put in some really good performances. They've 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 looked like they've they've gone through a couple of revivals this season and then sort of crashed and burned again. I think they're inconsistent, and I, I think that it depends what I think it depends on the result tomorrow. If we can coast off the back of a decent performance tomorrow rather than a result, I think we can take some momentum into that game. I think it's a team that we can beat, a team that we should beat. I think we've got the players to do so. It's a funny old place, uh, uh, the King Power Stadium. We've had some good results, we've had some bad results. I've seen us, you know, win really important games there. Listen, I'm confident. I'm confident. I think we're on a bit, a bit of a, a, an upward trajectory at the moment. I'm going to say we'll nick it 1-0. OK, and uh, what about you, Stockholm, Ron? Well, good. I, uh... <laughs> what, Leicester? Yeah. Yeah, if you pay attention rather than just looking at your phone. Home, home of my former teammate, the Birch. Um, I think Leicester are incredibly vulnerable and we're going to win this game 2-1. Okay. Well, and my thought is if we win tomorrow, we will go up there and we'll win 3-0. If we don't win tomorrow, then we'll go up there and we will only win 1-0. There you go. That's it. That's it. We are done. It's been... Go up there. It's next door to you. Go across. I'm talking about the team. The team would go up oh, there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, come on. Sorry. Come on, get with it. I've already said I haven't got tickets. Couldn't get them. <sighs> anyway, that's it. We well, are out no, of time. No, we could have got them, Andy, but Kerry forgot when they went on sale. No, he didn't. I didn't even know anything about it. Trying to blame me. Yeah, because yeah. we were going to get them, and then I messaged you, and I went, oh, we missed them. They've gone on sale already. And you went, oh, sorry, I forgot. We missed them. So you never even told me when they're going on sale. Anyway, that's it. That's an argument Because I was five later. hours ahead. Behind. Yeah, well, that's Fuck. and that's when you're just in Tunbridge Wells. Um, right, okay, we are out of time. Thank you, as always, Andy. Thank you, as always, Gary. Don't forget, everyone, Chelsea, big week. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.